0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome into Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White, and I'm here today with Jeremy Thompson and Wiltz Couture. And Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's show about consumer technology and your very own personal IT department all wrapped up into one convenient package. Jeremy can help you fix it, Wiltz can help you keep it safe, and both can do either well so you're in good hands either way. Coming up today, the EU is pushing for across-the-board USB-C ports, including iPhones. Apple is displeased with this. Australia's top court finds media companies liable for other people's Facebook comments and things of the like. And uh, one major media outlet has already made adjustments. We can talk about that. Microsoft's Windows Store is now open to third-party app stores. And uh, Roblox and music publishers settled $200 million copyright lawsuit uh, and uh, are trying to move forward in a a different way to uh, protect themselves from, you know, being a platform where uh, clients who are users uh, basically can... uh, I don't know. Uh, they're liable for what those people do, much like now. Um, companies are liable for Facebook comments that are made by <laughs> completely independent people from the company. So, give us a call this morning eight seven seven MPB ring eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Plenty more to get into, including uh, uh, Jeremy. Want to talk about some. Uh, Uh, or at least one item from Amazon's uh, big reveal of some technology that they're bringing out, or more like hardware, really, that they're bringing out for uh, this uh, holiday season. Uh, Good morning, fellas. Uh, Wiltz, how's it going?
2: Oh, man, pretty good. How are you doing this morning?
1: Uh, Not too bad. Not too bad. Usually, uh, I think we had an extra minute at the end of the last show, so it gave me a little extra time to kind of get in and... Get all my stuff situated here. Usually it's a quick handoff between shows if they're both live. And so, uh, yeah, I I feel... uh, uh, You feel not so rushed. Yeah, I feel not typically uh, settled in here. So not too bad. Jeremy, how about you? How are things going?
3: Uh,
4: Yeah, things are going pretty good. Had to leave the room because my dog's barking. FedEx (laughs) is outside. Um, I fixed uh, four iPhone screens yesterday and an Apple Watch. So I look forward to see what today brings me. <laughs> so
1: how's uh, I know you said the business has been picking up since uh, uh, the, the the students came back to school at Southern Miss. Is it uh, are you seeing more um, like uh, things that they would use for school, like you know laptops or MacBooks, things like that, or are you seeing more of like uh, individual technology, like like watches and phones and things like that?
4: Uh, It's a good mix of laptops and phones.
1: Interesting. All right, 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. We do have a call we'll get to here in just a moment. But first, uh, this story that kind of took me uh, by surprise, and uh, I think this is pretty interesting. Now, Apple does not control the, um, the, the percentage of the market In places outside the United States like they do within the United States, but still uh, an an interesting development here. The European Commission, the executive arm of the European Union, has announced plans to force smartphone and other electronics manufacturers to fit a common USB-C charging port on their devices. The proposal is likely to have the biggest impact on Apple, which continues to use its uh, proprietary lightning connector rather than the USB-C connector adopted by most of its competitors. The rules are intended to cut down on electronic waste by allowing people to reuse existing chargers and cables when they buy new electronics. In addition to phones, the rules will apply to other devices like tablets, headphones, portable speakers, video game consoles, and cameras. Manufacturers will also be forced to make their fast charging standards um, interoperable and to provide information to customers about what charging standards their device supports under the proposal Uh, customers will be able to buy new devices without a charger included. The proposals only cover devices using wired not wireless. Uh, Chargers EU Commissioner uh, uh, Theory uh, Brayton said in a press conference adding that quote there is plenty of room for innovation on wireless. A spokesperson for the commission subsequently confirmed to The Verge uh, which is the site I'm reading this off of that a USB-C port is only mandatory for devices that charge using a cable But if a device charges exclusively via wireless, like Apple's rumored portless iPhone, there'd be no requirement for a USB-C charging port. This is pretty amazing, uh, and I like the idea behind it that it uh, is going to reduce electronic waste. But man, oh man, we would never have anything like this in the United States. Um, uh, (laughs) This would be met with so much opposition, not just... I mean, this... There there could be no governing body that could that could get this passed before lobby money would undercut this uh, in in the dark of night. And even if it got past that, uh, so many people would uh, I mean, with the way that our country works these days, so many people would balk at the idea of some governing body forcing us into choosing one electronic port. For electronics, as opposed to having one standard, uh, you know, and also this would be just railed upon because, you know, this would be cutting into someone like Apple's ability to uh, make money by monetizing attachments uh, and things like that. There's so much about this that would be so different if they try to do this in the United States as opposed to uh, in Europe uh, your guys' thoughts?
2: They won't have I, to kiss I'm a, away the. I'm sorry. Well, let's go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say. I mean, I think USBC is great, but I'm kind of. Uh, I think it's absolutely a terrible idea. The point when we start getting to governments telling manufacturers, private industries, what they're going to manufacture and what they're not going to manufacture and how they're going to do it. Not to mention the millions of cables and electronic waste they're going to generate when they make it obsolete. I mean, you know, what about? uh, So what you're saying is that if I go get a new iPhone, then I've got to change all of my cables, my car cables, uh, any accessories that I have that are utilizing the Apple port. All of the, all of my stuff's got to go away and be thrown away. So what about somebody who has existing things? I mean, it's like, yeah, USB C is great, but I mean, come on. Um, You know, there's there's a flip side to what they're asking for there. Yeah. And and again, I mean, I'm I'm all for standardization. I hate proprietary things going on. But I think it's just a very slippery slope when a government entity is going to tell private industry what you're going to make and how you're going to make it. Well,
1: that says exactly what I was talking about. I mean, yeah. just amongst the opinions on this show, the first person that said something about it is like, nope, that's not going to work for me because of such and such and such. And you make good points. But I'm just telling you, I mean, it's just it's it's that's how different we are in, in the United States versus oh, yeah. how things can operate in Europe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jeremy, your thoughts on something like this?
4: Well, you know, I think it's funny because I, I do like to see Apple Squirm when I can. Um, you know, they <laughs> love being proprietary. They love having that uh that exclusive made for iPhone logo that they require manufacturers to uh certify their cables in certain ways to to say that they're up to the standard of Apple's cables which you know keeps you from getting cheap cables that could damage your phone so it's important but at the same time Apple is the the company that requires you to have a special screwdriver in order to open a lot of its stuff and so they like being that company that's that's different that requires you to have something from the, uh, from the status quo of Chargers. So I know this bothers them at their core as a company. And it's not even about the money. It's about having control over the decision. And I'm not entirely in support of government forcing these types of changes. I, for one, welcome this one because I have USB-C everything, but I agree with Wilts. The overreach of government in situations like this. Can be extremely problematic in the future because right now it's a charge port, but what is it going to be twenty years from now?
1: Yeah, and and also, Wiltz, you made a good point that I did not think about. Uh, you know, part of the, the the reasoning that's given for this is so that this can cut down on waste, but what are you going to do with? I mean, you're if if you're pushing, you know, Apple products or iPhones specifically over to USB-C ports, I mean, you're, you're creating a ton of waste oh, with, yeah. with obsolete cables. I did not think of that that point of yeah. it. So, and, and I guess maybe in the long run, you might cut down overall on how much turnover on cables you have, but in the short term, you're going to create quite a blip uh, on the screen yep. as, as far as waste goes. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, so this is pretty interesting. And I just I, when I saw this story... You know, and it was the the story is kind of like what you were saying, Jeremy. It was it was written from an American tech website from the standpoint that's kind of like, ha, ha, ha. These people are telling Apple what to do and they kind of have to deal with it, you know. Right. But uh, the first thing that I thought of is, man, oh, man, you know, for two of the most, you know, advanced societies on planet Earth, how different things can be from, you know, one side of the lake to the other. Uh, and, and how different differently we can handle situations and even let situations get off the ground to be handled. Let's get to the phones. Um, we've got first Marsha, who's been holding for us in Jackson. Marsha, thanks for calling this morning, and uh, go right ahead. What's going on?
5: Uh, well, I have a question for the, the, the PC doctors. but Certainly. Uh, I, I just kind of want to comment on the whole Apple thing. Uh, I have had several iPhones in succession, and I've had to change... Uh, the cable at least twice from that long skinny plug to the usb port and i understand the next cable and the next iteration of iphone is different from the one i'm using now so i mean apple does it to itself that's and, and i have no opinion about the you know I, I have my own opinion i don't you know on that your whole discussion but i just want to point that out second of all uh you were talk and talk about waste you know And uh, there was another thing I wanted to comment on. I can't remember what it was. So never mind. Anyway, I'll ask my question. (laughs) I'm getting old. I'll ask my question. This doesn't have anything to do with Apple versus whoever. I have a Windows laptop uh, that I switched from Windows 8 to Windows 10. And I've had some folks working on it. And now I try to bring it up. And the screen comes up. But the, I try to click on the, the the thing that says get get me into the Windows, and it absolutely does nothing. I've changed the batteries on the mouse. It wasn't. I've used the pa- mouse pad on the laptop, not going through the separate mouse, and it doesn't do anything. Got any suggestions?
4: Okay, so um, when you turn on the computer, you see the little ring that says that it is booting up Windows, and then you get right, to the point I- where you see what I call the curtain. Where you see, like, the some kind of a picture that Microsoft wants you to see, and then you click past that, and then you're able to log into your computer. You can't get past the curtain?
5: I can't get past the curtain. I can't get to the log on. It's got that nice picture, and that's all.
4: So if you click on the – can you click on the picture? Does your mouse move?
5: The mouse moves. Okay. And so if you hit
4: the space bar or something like that, the computer still does nothing, no response.
5: No response.
4: Okay. Um, it sounds like Windows has received some uh, some damage of some kind. Um, you. Telling you what to do to fix this problem is a little bit beyond the scope of what we can usually do uh, with a caller. Um, okay. It requires several steps. Uh, so okay. I would refer you to a local professional to look at uh, what has happened to your Windows installation um, you should still be able to back up all of your data, pictures, okay. documents, etc. Uh, before doing anything to the operating system itself, uh, they should be able to do that. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like your your Windows files are damaged, and uh, you you're gonna have to refresh the operating system. You can do yeah. that in Windows 10, um, but again, it, it takes quite a few steps. Um, so so basically
5: I would, uh, I'm sorry. All right, I'm sorry, what they're going to have to do is boot it up with an outside source for the Windows operating system and go from there. I mean, it's possible
4: to do it within the operating system itself, but it's just it requires so many steps to get you through it to fix a problem like that. Now, if you could email us, um, I could walk you through some steps to refresh your Windows install, but it will remove, like, all your apps and everything. It'll keep your files, but it'll remove your apps, and it'll, like, set up Windows like it's you know, brand new.
6: Um,
4: But you actually – the best way to get to the menu requires you to turn your computer on, and then when you see the little loading ring, you turn it off, and then you turn it back on, and when you see the little loading ring, you turn it off again, and then the third time you bring it up, it should say diagnosing your PC.
5: Gotcha. All right, I've got that. And when you turn it off, uh, you're saying actually – are you saying just switch it off or are you saying actually pull the plug and take the – well, you can't take the battery out. I mean, you
4: can it. just you can just hold the switch until it goes off if you can catch it before it boots into Windows. If you don't yeah. catch it before it boots into Windows, you won't actually get the diagnostic screen. Um,
7: gotcha.
4: It's okay. it's a super pain because there's a better way to get to the menu that you want to access, but because you can't lift the curtain, you can't get to the menu to click restart and hold the shift key. So – You have to go through and do it like, oh, my computer is broken. Let me turn it off three times so it will try to fix itself. Now, when it tries to fix itself, it's most likely not going to, and what you need access to is the menus that come after that.
5: Okay, I got you. Okay. Um, I've got a uh, company that does this kind of thing. I'll take it to them then. All right. Yeah. Automatic repair. So I see what it does and then I take it from there. Yep. And then, and then,
4: you know, when you take it in, be sure to tell them back up my data first.
5: Yeah. Okay. I sure will. Yeah. They, they got that. Now, most, yeah, most of the stuff I want to keep is actually on a thumb drive, but I do have some stuff I want to save like that's on the C drive, hard drive. So, all right, well, that It's, helps it's very
4: heartening to hear that you back up your data and kudos <laughs> to you. <laughs>
1: All right, Marcia, thanks for the call and starting us off this morning. in Jackson, we're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we'll have Alan on the phone and Brandon. And we'll be able to take your call as well. We do have a line open, 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. We can take your questions about whatever's going on in your tech world or about some of the things we've talked about already in this first segment, including uh, the European Union proposing mandatory USB-C ports for all electronics, including Apple iPhones. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We'll be back.
0: an MPB think radio podcast You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1877 MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thanks so much for listening on this Wednesday morning or whenever you're catching the podcast, wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, let's go right back into it. Uh, you just heard the phone number there before we came back in. Yeah, let's start back again with Alan, who is in Brandon. Alan, thanks for hanging on for us. What's going on?
8: Hey Jay, Jeremy, and Wilt. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've got a comment on the on the whole thing about the the European Union and the uh, the mandated USBC. I, I, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with Wilt. I mean, do you know how many lightning cables I'm gonna have to throw away if the if, if the next device I get is just USB-C? Uh, I, I, you know, I I've, I've got a bunch of, them and I, you know, I, I I know in America we we tend to to come across a lot of this, these economic things a little bit differently, but I, I, I'm a big fan of the environment. I'm a big fan of, of minimizing waste. I don't think telling manufacturers how they can make their product is the best way to go about controlling that stuff. <laughs> I mean, so what, so, so what's going to happen when, when somebody comes out with the USB port and the, the next generation, uh, that's going to be forbidden because it's going to generate, I mean, the old cables aren't going to work anymore. I, I, it's, 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 it's a slippery slope to go down when you start trying to tell folks h- how to, you know, h- how to make stuff. And, you know, I, 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 I mean, it would be re- very convenient for everybody if we all had the same kind of ports and stuff. I mean, but manufacturers are looking for competitive advantages. They They don't operate that way. They they try to come up with ideas, and, and and that's what stimulates them to come up with different products and stuff. Yeah, so, that's true, and that's why I, I, that's
1: why it'll never happen in the United States in a bazillion yeah, years. I, I mean, well, I say that, that, that but you know, no time soon that anyway. Would be
8: just just as wise to forbid people from making all the junk cables that are out there because, I mean, you can go out and buy something at, at a dollar store that's it's a piece of crap, and you're going to have to throw it away after you use it at a time or two. You know, wh- what about that stuff? I mean, I, you know, it, it goes on and on when you, when you try to start legislating this kind of stuff. I, it, it, it's just not a good idea, I don't think. But, uh, uh, but you know, I, I, I'm an Apple user. I, I've gotten used to the lightning port, so, you know, uh, I, I, I'm probably biased. But but yeah, you know, that 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 that's my
1: opinion. So there, there you go. So thanks. All right, Alan, we appreciate the call this morning. I do. You All know, right. thinking of it from a like a family perspective, and I also did not think about this before we got to talking about this. You know, uh, it it could be you know if you have you know one type of phone for uh, you know a child, and then maybe one adult has an Android phone, another adult has. An iPhone, for example. This is my family situation. Uh, you know, I have a daughter who has uh, uh, a Samsung. I have a son who has an iPhone. My wife does an iPhone, and I have a Samsung. So that's you know, <laughs> the one thing mixed uh, up family. Right. The the interconnectivity of chargers is it. It is more of a pain in all of our sides than it ever needs to be. If there, was, if there were one universal type of charging cable, that surely would help a lot. But at the same time, I mean, that's you know, just looking at it from a family perspective. But, uh, you know, uh, that,
2: that's... Well, it's just like if there was one universal kind of car tire, it'd be a lot easier to go <laughs> to the car tire shop. That's true. But I need a different tire for my car than my wife's SUV needs.
9: And, you know,
2: yeah, it it uh, there's a lot to be said for getting rid of the proprietary. Yeah, but I think that's. I think it's I think it's just much better driven by the consumer.
1: I also want to remind folks not that it necessarily has anything to do with anything, but uh, this is this does not include uh, the United Kingdom. You know, you have Brexit. They're out of the EU. So this is, you know, basically mainland Europe and Ireland. So uh, not that, I mean, and I I don't know what the percentage of the market is, the UK versus the rest of Europe. I would guess that it's a fairly high percentage, Um, although from a population standpoint, you know, I mean, there are bigger countries in Europe than the UK, I suppose, or at least close anyway. So but just wanted to point that out. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Apple can continue to make, you know, lightning ports for their phones in England <laughs> in Scotland, and Scotland and Wales. Apple,
4: Apple is strategic, man. They've already got this thing in the bag because all they'll do is it, once once it gets to the point where they're doing this for every phone they've got, they'll just assume that everybody that has an iPhone already has a Mac and that mac comes with a charger that will work with their iphone. They've they've already got it all figured out. They they already give you a USB-C to lightning cable in the box of your new phone. They're already halfway there. They've almost transitioned people over to it entirely. So it's not like they didn't expect this coming down the pipeline <laughs> at some point. And as I said, they'll just they they already use it on their macbooks. They use it on some iPads. So this is not completely out of the blue and it is a it is a noteworthy transition because it will result in faster charging speed and faster data transfer
1: all right let's go back to the phones up next is Ann who is in Jackson Marianne good morning thanks for calling in what's going on Good morning
10: I am thinking of giving up my landline with AT&T and I just wondered what special things I need to consider before I do that um, I have an iPhone, but I think it's an iPhone 8, and I don't know if I'll have to upgrade or upgrade more often. Or what other advantages and disadvantages accrue when you have only your cell phone?
4: Well, um, first off, let me ask you, do you have a fax machine? No. Okay. Um, How do you get Internet in your home?
10: Uh, Through... Comcast.
4: Okay. Then um as soon as you're ready to get rid of your phone line, unless you need it for some kind of uh connected service like a life alert or something like that, then you should be good uh getting rid of it now if you want. I mean if you don't if you do not use it, if you have no other auxiliary for it whatsoever, then I would say it's time to dish it.
10: Okay. And can you tell me, I mean, I realize that Perhaps the landline would be of some advantage if my cell phone runs out of battery power. But are there any other special things I need to think about?
4: Well, you know, a lot of people say keep the landline uh, for emergency situations, but uh, we were hit by I don't know how many hurricanes and never lost cellular service. Now, I'm not going to say that it can't happen, but it's a rare occurrence these days. So I would say as far as emergencies go, it's still uh, pretty safe to say you could ditch your landline. Wilkes, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I'm kind of, a you know, of that same opinion. I mean, we ditched ours at the house years ago. Uh, the, the biggest concern that I had whenever we were looking at that is, did I have good cellular signal and cellular coverage at my home? So with the absence of that landline, um, you know, did I have adequate coverage? In other words, is my cell phone going to still ring? Now, if I had just terrible cell, you know, cell signal on my phone, that would have caused me to hesitate, because then there's that possibility of, you know, hey, can I call 911 if I need to? Um, so the fact that I had good cell coverage in my area, you know, that that was my main consideration. So, yeah, I mean, if you if you have that, there's really nothing nowadays that really ties you in. I mean. 911 from a cell phone, it, uh, it it's pretty much smart enough. It, it knows how to reach the proper 911 center from wherever you are physically located, whether you're at the house or you're on vacation. So, and, and like Jeremy was saying, we've gotten uh, it's gotten a lot stronger. Now, that being said, quite a few of our listeners are probably thinking the exact opposite. saying, I have terrible cell phone coverage in my area, and they may want to consider it in a different way.
10: Okay, I have good cell phone coverage. Uh, but can I transport my home phone number over to my cell phone and have two numbers that ring on my cell phone?
2: Not that I'm aware of. I've never heard of that. Jeremy, have you heard of?
4: You would have to use use a dual SIM. You could port your number over to another carrier, but you would have to have a phone that supported two SIM cards in order to do that. You could also try to forward the number, but that would require you to have a number uh, or a, a cellular device that that number could bounce off of.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think that they'll actually, I think that those prefixes for landline phones, I've never heard of those moving to a cellular device.
10: Okay, so and one more question. Them. Okay, my, um, I get a lot of messages on my home phone and now those would be coming to my cell phone. And I just wonder, uh, is it enough that I'll probably have to
2: add more memory onto my cell phone?
4: No, that's that's very
2: unlikely. Okay. Yeah, those messages are actually coming from the cloud. They're usually not actually physically on your phone.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. All right, Marianne. Great question, and uh, one that we don't yeah. we get once in a while, but uh, you know, don't really go back and revisit. And as an interesting I do want to question.
4: Say, mm-hmm. Um. Sorry, Jay, I don't mean to interrupt. There's no, no other way to get it. <laughs> um, as far as the voicemails go, it is possible to fill your voicemail box up. So you will need to check and delete your voicemails on a regular basis. But on your cell phone, in 99% of the cases, I think, we have visual voicemails. So you should have an app on your phone where you can actually pull those emails up. You might, I mean, voicemails up. Uh, you might even be able to save them from that app. But you will have to delete them from your mailbox because I do have clients that I'll call and I will not be able to leave a message with because the mailbox must fall.
1: (laughs) Stop talking about me now. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm the worst at doing that. I guess maybe it's I could do a great way
4: to avoid spam.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a
4: great way to avoid spam and telemarketers. So on my current number, I just never set my voicemail up. I was like, nah, I'm just not going to have one.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, there, there are messages that I've missed that I needed to get because I forget to clear out my voicemail. I don't know. <laughs> it happens all the time, probably including right now. Well, that's not true. My phone, my cell phone, died last Thursday, so I had to get. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm in a backup right now, so it's actually probably. Oh, what, are you using? what What's that? What are you using? Um, uh, it's something the boss let me borrow. It's like his backup, his beater phone. You know, his, so you're uh, down from an S twenty. Yeah, All right? Don't you have an, S20 I had to, an S twenty
4: uh, to a beater phone?
1: Huh? Yeah, I had an S twenty Ultra. And I'm so Hello, what happened to your phone? I'm so done with it that hang on that I haven't even looked to see what kind of phone this is. I guess I could do that during this break. <laughs> uh, what happened yeah. to your phone, Jay? It's an S3 Pro. How about that? I don't oh, even know.
4: Nice S3. I didn't even know they made a pro version of that. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. Uh, it uh, I don't know. It stopped. It just it stopped coming on. Like it turned off and it won't come back on now. Dude, and, and uh, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it, why did you call the show, Jay? <laughs> What's going
4: on, man? I mean, did you like send it back to your carrier? What are you doing?
1: Well, I mean, I've had it for like two years and stuff like that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. The S twenty Ultra that came out last year. Like, like you've had it maybe a year and a half. Maybe so. Wow, you're making me feel okay. real, really stupid right now. Um,
4: well, like it just like it just died. Well, I mean, it's my it's my occupation, man. Oh, So like it just died. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, and like when you plug it up, you get no power to it whatsoever. Like it nothing. Oh, yeah, it. nothing. Sounds like your battery died, man. I don't know. Um, yeah, you you uh, you need to take that to like an authorized Samsung place and see if they will honor a repair on it. I mean, they might not, but they might also just do you a, a a service and and fix it? Um, there are the the thing about Samsung devices. You probably know that I like you know I use one personally, but I don't fix them a lot because there are authorized dealers that can get better deals on the repairs. Plus, they can keep your warranty intact. They have you. all the manuals. They get all the secrets, man. So find one of those in your area and take your phone to them and see what they say is going on with it.
1: All right. Okay. Okay. All right, well, we got two calls right here. Uh, Let's go to, if I could tell who's been waiting longer. Okay. uh, That was
4: Jay and Jackson, and now we're going to?
1: (laughs) we got two calls back-to-back from Hernando. Uh, Let's go to Mike first. Mike, thanks for calling in. What's going on?
6: Hey, guys, I'm not computer literate, but I've got a problem. I have an older, uh, it's probably 10 years older, so Alcatel cell phone. Um, mm-hmm. it's dying, so I went online and bought a new LG phone from Walmart. It's track phone, I guess. It says that on the box. But to port my telephone number from this Alcatel phone into this LG phone, track phone, do I have to use track phone service, or can I just port the number and then use my current provider, which is uh, PureTalk?
4: you got to use TrackPhone. Uh, unless you can get that phone unlocked from track phone.
6: I got you. Okay. So do is that something I can do myself, or do I take it over to Walmart and have them just port my – here's the thing. My phone – I'm a writer. I work for uh, magazines up here in, in DeSoto County, and I've got a crap load of stuff on this Alcatel phone, but I don't want any of it. Just my phone number ported over to the LG phone. Is that something that the guy at Walmart can do for me? Who
4: does your current – carrier like who's your current cellular carrier with the alcatel phone pure talk pure talk
6: pure talk at&t
4: okay you would have to port your number from pure talk over to TrackPhone in order to keep that number
6: right i knew that but do i who do i call them first
4: uh, I probably track phone i know um Straight Talk has a website. I think Phone probably has a way that you can do it on their website. Okay. Um, usually they have a way that you can, like, port the number over to a new SIM card from their actual website.
6: Oh. So I just go online?
4: Yeah, TrackPhone.com, uh-huh. and there should be a way to do it there. Now, you may have to call TrackFone in order to get it set up. I'm not fully familiar with phone. However, uh, to, in order to keep that number, you're going to have to port it over, so you will have to talk to the people at TrackPhone about doing that, or at yeah, least look I, at their I, website.
6: I knew that much, but is there anything about this older Alcatel phone that I need to tell them? Do they need to know a model number and crap like that? Because if they do, I have no idea what this thing is.
4: No, no, because all they need to do is get the number from AT and T and transfer it over to their service. They don't care what phone you're on; they just want your number.
6: Okay, good. All right, because it's a you know I've used it for business for 25 years, and uh, I'm known all over northern Mississippi because I write for print. Yeah, media, and I can't afford to lose the number.
4: Totally understand. Okay.
6: So I go to TrackPhone.com.
4: Yep. And then <laughs> you would activate your device, and then there should be a way to. Uh, port it. Yeah, uh, you okay. go to activate your device, and then you should say, um, I have a track phone, phone, and then it'll ask you for the serial number from the phone. I and mean, then you should be able to go through, and it should ask you if you want to keep your number. If you don't get that prompt, then uh-huh. you need to talk to the people at the track phone and make sure that they can port your number.
1: Okay, it's a new LG. All right, I'll do that.
6: Well, thanks, you guys. That's very helpful.
1: All right, Mike, we appreciate you calling in. Good to hear from you. All right, let's go from Hernando to Hernando, and we have uh, Kelly on the line. Kelly, thanks for calling.
3: Hey, good morning, guys. Actually driving to Hernando. Oh. not there yet. Gotcha. But um, I wanted to make a <clears> comment, <throat> comment about the lady that was talking about getting rid of her landline but wanted to keep the number and have it forwarded to her cell phone. Um, I've actually done that a couple of times, and you can do it without having a, a device attached to that number. I have AT&T Cellular, and I had a really very competent uh, representative that helped me with it. But, um, in fact, I think I have a couple of numbers that forward to my cell phone in addition to the cell phone number, and there are no devices whatsoever attached to those other numbers. I just wanted to keep them, you know, for whatever reason, um, just not get rid of them. So it can be done awesome. That's pretty cool. All right. So anyway, just wanted to share that to the uh, lady that was asking the question.
1: All right, Kelly, we appreciate that. Mary
4: Ann, if she's still listening, Mary Ann, that was for you.
1: Yeah. Kelly, thanks for the uh, call and the update on that from Hernando this morning. Let's switch over to new Albany and talk to Tom. Tom, thanks for calling in. Good morning.
11: Good morning. Uh, I seem to have a habit of people stealing my thunder. I was calling in about Mary Ann. (laughs) Um, I just did this yesterday. Uh, back in '68, my mom and dad got a phone, and then later he got DSL because, of course, it's pumped down to the, the other two wires on your former, you know, landline. Well, mom was looking at a $115 bill every month: 56 for the landline, 58 for the DSL. Seeing as he has a wireless plan already, I got her an internet gateway. Hardline line where you could also uh, the hard hardline where you could plug in a landline you know or use ethernet it wasn't just a hotspot. spot and we ported her landline number she's had since 1968 to that device so now a 25 dollars access fee on a 70 dollars unlimited plan gives her phone and internet easy peasy save 90 bucks a month
1: so, mm. nice very cool absolutely all right, Tom. It,
11: it, it, it was a bunch of hoops to jump through, but it can be done.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, you know, how much how much work do you want to put into it, and, you know, how likely is it to pull, you know, something like that off. So it's like, if it sounds like more trouble than it's worth, then, yeah, like, uh, uh, you know, you could just go with your cell phone if you're willing to give up that number. But, wow, a number since 1968, that's pretty incredible. All right, Tom, we appreciate the call from New Albany this morning. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll get back to the phones. 877-MPB. Ring is the number. 877-672-7464. Can you guys remember your childhood telephone number by any chance?
2: I can remember my high school telephone.
1: Java says he can't remember I can remember it. it. All right, so we're split. I do. I do remember mine. I haven't given that out over the radio. I've given out my cell phone number before. I've given out numbers to random radio stations I worked at 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, like Jason did earlier today, I've given out the drive number on uh, several occasions, especially like the week after drive when that's burnt into your brain. Anyway, I, I mean, i not making fun of him. Like I said, I've done that a zillion times. But, uh, yeah, I'll remember my childhood telephone number till, till the day I die. Uh, I don't know what has to do with anything, but... Yeah, but we'll hit the phones when we come back. This is everyday Tech on Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Wiltz, Jeremy, I am Jay. Let's go back to the phones, and uh, we have in Biloxi, uh, Stephen. Stephen, thanks for calling. Good morning.
8: Morning. Um, I uh, inherited a computer from my mom. It's a Dell XPS, and I'm trying to put a new um, printer on. It's a printer that someone had given me, and... Um, I thought computers, when you uh, reboot them, they recognize the printer, and uh, for some reason...
4: Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, so not always. See, uh, uh, if you already plugged the printer up to the computer before you set up the drivers, you've already entered right. printer purgatory, my friend. All right, so what you need to do is go to the manufacturer's website, and look up that printer model and make sure that you've got drivers that are compatible with that operating system.
8: Okay. Yeah. I've, when I've done that before, when I've uh, uh, downloaded it from the website, for some reason it just wouldn't make the printer work. And, uh, <laughs> well, but
4: sometimes printers have a lot of different kinds of drivers. In, in most uh, situations, you're going to want to get, like, the full software suite it is possible okay. to get just the driver file itself. And if you're not, yeah. well, a nerd like me or Wilts, then you won't know what to do with the file and windows. Isn't much help in that regard. So look for like the full software suite and not just the printer drivers okay. and uh, see it, most importantly, if it's compatible with your operating system, because uh, some older printers don't work with windows 10. Okay.
8: Yeah. I mean, I, is it just me, or were computers more easy <laughs> uh, way back when? You know.
4: Um uh, well, there was there was a time where you know, like Windows ninety five, Windows ninety eight days. I remember having to go and hunt down every individual driver and in DLL file that I needed to install <laughs> uh, some right. device. So that right. was like the most difficult. And then Windows XP came along, and it kind of it kind of simplified some of that. But printers have always operated by that specific rule where you do not plug it up to the computer until you've got the drivers installed. And one of the reasons for that is because Windows tries to be helpful and go, oh, you need a driver for that? I got you, man. No problem. And so it starts to load some driver that may or may not be the file that you need, and in most cases is not. And so they want to prevent Windows from doing that so that you can get the most current, most compatible, least buggy version that they've got available. So okay, unplug the so, printer, run the software, and when it tells you to plug it up to the computer, then plug it up. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you.
6: I love your show.
1: I appreciate that. Okay. Thanks for the call this morning, Stephen. All right, let's go up to, uh, let's see here, Fernwood, Mississippi. Also, almost said Flowwood. And that would be incorrect. We've got Mary on the line Mary Good morning.
7: Good morning. How are you?
1: Excellent, thanks for calling.
7: I am calling because I have i think a unique issue. I have ceasefire as a carrier um, and when I try to get on it on like Instagram or whatever. I literally have to stand next to the door. I'm living in a mobile home that has a tin roof. And I was told that the tin roof interferes. If anyone knows anything about that, and is there a carrier that I could get that I don't have this problem? I I would love some information.
4: So, Uh, As far as the tin roof goes, yes, that will definitely interfere with your cellular signal. And there Mm -hmm. may be carriers that work better in your area. What I generally tell callers to do is check with your neighbors because they've all got cell phones and they probably all have some similar experience. Oh, "Oh, yeah, I I had T-Spire and it didn't work out here. I got AT&T and now it works fine. Um, sure. But, yeah, that can definitely cause issues. Now, you may want to try to uh, reset the network settings on your phone to see mm-hmm. if, you know, it could help pull some uh, current tower listings or whatever. It might help improve your signal. It's kind of uh, – there's probably people listening going, yeah, that's not going to work, and it probably won't. <laughs> but it's worth a shot because it's simple enough to do. You just go into settings, go to general, go to reset. And then reset your network settings. If you have a PIN code on your iPhone, you'll have to put the code in before it'll do the reset. And then see Mm -hmm. if maybe that will improve your signal some. You can get boosters for your uh, mobile home. Uh, They're not generally the the cheapest, most affordable things in the world. Uh, So, like I said, you might want to ask your neighbors about what they're uh, operating with as well. Uh, But try the network reset and see if that doesn't help you.
7: And I have one more question. Um, Certainly. Is there... Is there a such a thing as portable Wi-Fi? Or something because I travel. And, yeah. Okay. Um, Please, depending on hang where up you travel, and listen to. Uh, I hang up and listen to you because I really want to hear this.
1: Hang, hang it real okay. fast, uh, Mary uh, Fernwood. Are you are you in Pike County?
7: Yes.
1: Okay. I mean, you're really close to Macomb, right?
7: I but. I don't know what the deal is, other than I've been told, because I did talk to, you know, representatives from Ceasefire, and they were saying that there are areas like the area that I'm in that the signals aren't that great. And on top of that, the the mobile home having the tin roof. Yeah,
1: I think it's got to be the tin roof, because you're close to Macomb, you're close to Southwest Mississippi Community College, you're close to the interstate. 55 yeah. runs right past all of that. Yeah, that's, that's Ten minutes I mean, away. that shouldn't be, the signal shouldn't be an issue. It might be that roof.
4: Now, I have a question before you hang up as well. Uh, you said you need it for work, and you need it because you travel. Do you travel out of the southern United States a lot? No, not out of the
7: United States, just from
4: city to city. And no, 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 out of, out of the south in the U.S. Because, see, the reason I'm asking is because C-SPIRE is your carrier, and they can provide you with something like that. But if you spend a lot of time outside their network, they're going to want to kick Uh you off.
7: Oh, Oh, okay.
4: At least last I knew, because they don't have towers all over the U.S., so they have to use other people's towers. So if you are roaming on their network too much, they'll tell you that you need to go find a different carrier. This has happened to a friend of mine when he moved out of Mississippi. Uh, He was able to use his phone for a while, but then they told him, like, you have to get off. You can't be on this. You're on other networks too often. So what I recommend is looking at one of the bigger carriers if you go out of the south a lot, uh, but you can okay. get hotspots from your carrier or from another carrier that you can take with
7: you. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. All right, Mary, we appreciate the call this morning. Let's quickly get to uh, William in Oxford before we are done today. William, go ahead. Hey, thanks
9: for the call, y'all. Uh, so I have had a really strange um wi-fi connectivity issue with my iphone 8. um i noticed this past friday that uh my phone was not connecting to to any wi-fi network that uh, i was around and chalked it off to just being out of town maybe just something wrong with the airbnb's wi-fi but when i got home same thing when i'm at work same thing too so i've done two okay have you tried to to, have you tried to
4: reset your network settings in your iPhone? Yep,
9: I, I've, yep. I've tried the network resetting thing, um, and I've also just you know the classic turn it off and turn it on. Uh, uh-huh. And I'm to the point. I'm to the point now, y'all, where when I pull up the main homepage, um, it uh-huh. won't even show Wi-Fi networks that are near me, even though I'm, I'm I know I'm near some. Interesting. It sounds like you're either having an
4: issue with the antenna in the phone or there's something wrong with the software. Can you do a update on your operating system?
9: So I've tried that as well, but the bitter irony with that is that I have to be on a Wi-Fi network in order to do that. <laughs> okay.
4: Uh, right. If you have a computer, either iPhone, I mean either Mac or Windows, you can put your phone in restore mode, and you can hook it up to okay. iTunes, and then you can tell it to update to the latest version of iOS. After you do that, if your networks don't come back, then you've got an antenna problem, my friend.
1: All right, William, we appreciate it. We're right up against it. That's going to do it for us today. Uh, our thanks to everybody who called in. And I don't know did you, if we got to Mary's um, portable Internet question or not. Uh, Mary, give yeah. us a call back next week. Um, and uh, we can uh, go further down that road. We have a little bit more time. Uh, uh, Our show today was uh, engineered by Java Chapman. Lisa Lancaster was our call screener. Stay tuned. Coming up next is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. We'll be back next Wednesday at 10 a.m. for Everyday Tech right here on MPB Think Radio.